With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. It's just the phone lines. We're not live yet. Getting the links out, ready to share on Facebook. People can listen in, call and call in and stuff. Good.
you've been doing a lot of interviews on this? I have, yeah. It's it's, it's the cause. <laughs> yeah. All right, we should be good to go. All right, so uh, when we go live, it'll play the intro. You won't be able to hear it. It's about a minute and a half. And then I'll come in and just do my intro spiel and bring you right in. Okay, far out. All right, let me just get a quick, let me also get a quick uh, check on the microphones. Check one, two, go ahead and check yours. Check one, two, three, one, two, three. Check one, two, three, check one, two. Go ahead, check yours. Check one, two, check one, two, check one, two. All right, one more time. True Seekers Mike, check yours. Check one, two, three, one, two, three. All right, I'm ready. Okay, let's go. Rock and roll. All right, so like I said, it'll play intro. You won't be able to hear it. Um, Okay, stand by, standing by. Here we go.
Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, True Seeker. We're back with another exciting episode of the True Seeker podcast. Looking forward to this discussion today. Uh, it's been a while since we did an interview about UFOs and aliens and uh, aerial phenomena and um, really uh, a subject that's near and dear to my heart and we don't do it enough. So looking forward to getting into some of this discussion and dialogue today. Got a very interesting guest. Uh, before I go any further, got to say a huge thank you to everybody who's uh, supporting on uh, Patreon, everybody who's supporting my work and music over at patreon.com backslash true seeker you guys are near and dear to my heart and i appreciate each and every one of you uh you guys allow me to do what i'm doing full time uh and if you want to support head on over to patreon.com backslash true seeker and unlock rewards and perks at different levels there's uh exclusive merch you get uh my entire discography to download and unreleased music all available patreon.com backslash true seeker thank you guys so much you guys really uh mean the world to me and my family you guys rock so without further ado i'm going to bring my guest on chad meeks what's going on my friend yeah uh, derek uh, uh i guess it's buenas tardes in mexico uh good afternoon here <laughs> i guess it's 10 o'clock in on the coast and and you are over around 12 o'clock but uh, anyway happy to be here derek 12 o'clock noon. Um, judging by the title of your book and upcoming film, um, Giant Rock, the greatest UFO story never told. The Audacity, the greatest UFO story that no one's heard, never told. <laughs> What's up with the title, man? Oh, man. You know, uh, actually, uh, it was uh, an actor friend of mine at the time that, that says, hey, man, this is the greatest UFO story that no, uh, that's never been told. And I said, well, Let's stick it on the book cover and let's stick it out on the movie. And we'll call that, the, you know, the subtitle, Giant Rock, the greatest UFO story I'll never told. But in essence, Giant Rock, which is a uh, nine-foot, or excuse me, uh, nine-story displaced boulder out in the middle of desert, were actually carved out where my aunt, uncle, uh, distant relatives, me, all used to live in, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, about 42 miles outside of Palm Springs. And uh, so, but it's a giant rock. And uh, every year there was anywhere from five to 12,000 people that all came out there, all people who had experienced UFO abduction, uh, had sightings, you name it, they all came out there and congregated a place called Giant Rock. And during the 50s and the 60s and in the 70s, it was the definitive uh, meeting place for all UFO contactees. So, and a lot of strange and weird things happened. Uh, some of the people that were involved out there were uh, people like Howard Hughes, which was a friend of my uncle, which, you know, the aviator he actually uh, put money up for some of my uncle's uh, research on time travel. And, and uh, a lot of interesting people, a whole, a whole colossal amount of things. And, you know, as time went on, um, you know, and as I got older, I lived out there and I experienced all this stuff. And I'm, and I'm thinking, and I was talking to all the old timers, which were, dying off one by one, I said, hey, I better get this in print, and, I, and even better, want to get it on film. So with uh, having all these people show up to uh, essentially where you guys were living, right? So these people were just around every day. <laughs> we were living there. Yeah, yeah. we were living out there. Awesome and awkward at the same time. Um, because in, I think in the field, because I get, I get a flood of, of um, inboxes and, and messages from people some of them are hard to put together they're hard to make sense of what these people are trying to say sometimes where there are just a lot of uh people who 
we're just there because it, it's a place for people with weird experiences to be accepted or what, what I mean, what type of it people was, were hanging around? It was a, it was a safe place. And actually it ran the gamut from celebrities um, to, to normal people, but everyone felt safe. And actually one of the things that my uncle did, George Van Tassel, which I, you know, actually he probably was the, the number one uh, UFO disclosure mover and shaker during that time period. Um, airline pilots and military pilots, I, I'd be out there in the middle of, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you know, we're, I mean, there's tumbleweeds and, and, and I mean, there's nothing out there. Well, I see military planes and helicopters out at my uncle's restaurant, all sitting around back the time everyone smoked cigarettes and drank coffee and sitting around tables talking. And I didn't figure out what they were, I, I didn't know what they were doing there, but I guess what uh, he was there is a safe place as my uncle he had such a, a huge uh, volume of information and was an experiencer and a channeler himself that he actually explained to them their experiences so they could actually deal in the real world. Uh, because he, I don't know if you remember at that time, if you were to report a, that you had actually seen a sighting or experience, you were out of a job yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they had no one to talk to. So he, he really was a, a really kind of a, a, a UFO humanitarian too, as far as helping all those folks. That's interesting you say that, um, kind of like this podcast has kind of been like a, a, a beacon as well to kind of uh, be a place where you can you can talk about these encounters and, and, and instances, because when I was first having my UFO encounters, I didn't really have many people to talk to. Uh, my friends thought I was crazy. You know, I, was, I come from the religious right. So anything that's that's out there that's not mentioned of per name in the bible is demonic right so i'm I'm going around the, to my church friends and stuff talking about seeing ufos and having encounters like this right so um i basically reached out to a whole bunch of different uh people who had their own radio shows uh, i know um james gilliland at the east city ranch i reached out to him and some of his people and calling in calling into radio shows just to try to make sense about what's going on so when people are having these encounters and they have no idea how to explain it, if they're going crazy or what, a place of solitude is needed, whether it's a, a physical place that you guys had or a place like this, like a podcast for people to come on and share their stories just to know at the very minimum that they're not going crazy and they're not losing their mind. Exactly. In fact, you know, um, I, I appreciate that because, you know, what, you know, I, I, we, our family was split. Um, you know, we, my mother was come from this very Judaic Christian. In fact, you'll love, when you get in the book, you're going to, you're going to identify with the character I call Chase because Chase uh, and, and his encounter with Pastor Jack, which chases me. And I was trying to explain to Pastor Jack <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> what all this was going on. And he, he basically you know, held up the Bible and, and told me the same thing. He read me the right act. He says, there are no such things as UFOs. There's only yeah. demons. And, yeah. and, and you're possessed. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, you know, and so that kind of shut me down. Now, my uncle, uh, people always say, well, why don't you go to him? I thought he was causing all this stuff. And, I, and he was the last person I wanted to talk to. I lived <laughs> here. I, yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. And so, yeah, it, it was for me, it was, you know. Uh, a pretty traumatic thing, and then not to be able to talk to it with family or anybody—it it makes your head want to implode. It's tough, yeah, it really is. It's, it's deep, man. Um, because I don't know why, but as you're talking about this, I, I really feel like um, people—it almost has the same sense of—and I hate to—I hate to equate it to this, but like someone who's been molested or someone who's been touched or something, like they're ashamed 
to talk about it. They don't want to come out in the open. You can't just go to anybody and say, hey, did you know that this happened to me? You're kind of ashamed. And so a lot of people keep that stuff, um, you know what I'm saying, within them. And then they they hear about stories like yours or mine or whatever. And then it, it, it creates this safe haven. And I think kind of the, the uh, link back to the whole molestation thing is like what we're seeing now with celebrities coming forth saying, yeah, I was, I was molested, I was touched or whatever. And not everybody's coming forth. Not everybody's do- doing it. Almost like what the whole deal with the UFO phenomenon. Now celebrities are coming out. I've had a UFO encounter. I've seen a ship. And it creates this safe space where it's okay to talk about this stuff. And I think it's really important, man. It is. Well, also, too, when you talk about, you know, there's other things called like psychic uh, molestation, too, where literally your chakras are completely blown out. And literally, you know, you don't know what's, you know, you know, you know what end is up. But uh, but here's an example. I mean, your whole perception changes once you have that you're, you're changed uh, for life indelibly. Like, for instance, uh, I, I remember I had a balloon and I was with some family members and the balloon got away from me. And they go, why aren't you crying, little boy? And I said, listen, I said, my, uh, my father, he's going to come up. He's going to fly up there and grab that balloon. I actually believe that. I said, I said, people, and I tell them, I was looking at a group of people, people can fly. <laughs> you know? and, and yet they, they kind of snickered and they're all kind of laughing at me. They just didn't understand that I knew that people could fly. Now, mm-hmm. they didn't know. But that's just a prime example as far as your perception. As yeah. far as a kid. It's completely different. It yep. is. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's um awarded to each person a, me- a measure of faith. And so you basically limit it to your perception. And so uh, when you're talking about flying, I mean, that's something that's very interesting. We see a lot of the um, religious art from the popes flying around town, like in, in their art throughout the centuries. And that was something that was reportedly the popes used to do, used to go out into the town squares and levitate and fly around. And I know it was, it, it was so common that they, they ended up making a movie about it called The Flying Nun, a woman who's, whose faith was so extraordinary that she couldn't even stay seated on the ground. They had to like tie her to a chair and nail it to a, the ground because she kept flying away because of her faith. And she believed it was, it was possible. And to them that believe, all things are possible, right? Absolutely. Sally Field, you know, I remember the show, <laughs> you know, as far as that. No, um, yeah, and, and actually, that, that's, that's a, it's a good point you bring up because that, if anything I got from all that stuff, which instantly was traumatic for me because it set me apart, and, and literally the science of actually starting to find out your DNA changes. Once you've encountered uh, yeah. an extraterrestrial, your actual DNA, and, they, and they call, then they call it the psychic an- antenna that you get. Mm-hmm. So and so you, you you actually know when things are going to be happening and yeah. and, and all that stuff and people wonder well how do you know well uh, a pro- another little story I had is is that uh, there was a a, a a big jelly bean uh, uh, contest there's a whole trash can full of jelly beans that I was at this wreck uh, thing around eleven eleven years old and and you had to guess the amount or come closest to the uh, amount of jelly beans and uh, yeah, and a number just came in my head uh, of this, and it just came in my head, and it was to the letter. And then there was a big meeting because no one could understand how I knew the exact number. They thought that one of the uh, you know people had given me the number. So, I, so, so yeah. it, it, it brings all kinds of interesting things and challenges um, you know to you because people don't know how how or why you know, and 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 it's like you know, and then you don't even know, and then you question yourself. So it, it runs a whole gamut. So I, I certainly I have. I'm very empathetic uh, with, uh, you know, people who have actually had contacts. Um, 
I've done, uh, you know, some a, a lot of counseling over over the years as far as with them, uh, just to basically chat with them, talk with them, walk them through, let them know that, that they're okay. And the bottom line is that they have a right to basically tell somebody else about their experience without mm -hmm. in any kind of dispersion. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that right there, because I've done some, some sessions as well, uh, whether it's people who have like childhood trauma wounds like that, or who, who have had, uh, extraterrestrial, uh, encounters as well. And I think the majority of just simply doing a session or something like that, or trying to bring healing or understanding is just being there for them to talk to. Yeah. Like the majority of this, of the sessions is just listening and having a safe place where, Hey, it's okay to talk about this stuff. Well, it's kind of like plutonium. I mean, you're carrying around, you're really carrying around a lot of the information, uh, you know, of the ages. And it is, a, and it, 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 the information is of a different dimension. Um, even though, uh, you know, um, you know, we live in a 3D world and, you know, where it's all about the buck and this and this and this. And then you have this completely other abstraction of the whole UFO phenomenon. And it's like, it's like carrying plutonium or uranium inside of you. It's like, you know, it just has to get out and you have to express it. Um, I think a lot of people um, have, uh, have had all kinds of uh, very difficult uh, psychological problems by not revealing uh, to other people about mm -hmm. this. Now, yeah. uh, Dr. John Mack, um, he was a Harvard psychiatrist, and he did a lot of work with this. And, and he never, ever wanted to go into, into the whole, uh, uh, you know, contact the UFO he was out of Harvard. Uh, he was a psychiatrist, uh, award-winning psychiatrist. Anyway, so he figured, as far as on the abduction side, that it was anywhere from up to between the years 1955 and 65 that there were over 2 million people abducted here. So the numbers are staggering. Um, and, uh, and, and actually, his numbers are, I think, are conservative as far as what the, the actual contact that people are having with, with, uh, with both benevolent uh, ETs and the more sinister or, or, yeah. or demonic uh, um, type, uh, type, type alien. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a bunch of places that, that we can go, especially with, with that statement. Um, but I want to go back to the beginning, man. Talk a little bit about some of the first encounters that you've had with the other realms, like as a child. Well, actually, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, uh, I come from a, you know, Judeo Christian, you know, background and all that pretty, uh, and, uh, so I was the, the first one, this is where it all opened up is I, I literally stood on top of the uh, uh, my grandmother's old trailer and I was and I was just 4 years old at, you know asking about just starting to find out about God which is uh, pretty advanced for my the years and 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 I looked up my hands and I put a prayer and I said I said hey if, if there's a God then please call my name and I mean within that second I had this blasting going in my ears it was like sound like trumpets you know and, and calling my name and 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 uh, so yeah, <laughs> tell that to a psychiatrist. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, so what did I do? Uh, I was on top of this old Airstream trailer, and my grandmother had a bunch of scraps and boxes. I jumped, I, I flew off that little Airstream trailer onto there, and I ran into the house, and I hid underneath my grandmother's bed. So that was my first experience, and then from there, it was boom, boom, boom. And shortly thereafter, I had an actual uh, an abduction experience. I was teleported through a glass window. Uh, in the same room with two of my brothers, I was brought in. They were the uh, uh, very, very the short grays. They stood around me, um, and they were communicating with me telepathically and doing their instrumentation and investigation, telling me not to worry that I would never remember this, and that um, that they had, that they had a job to do, and that I needed to be, you know, relax and, and be uh, be calm. Which you know, again, big request. 
uh, a number one, I never forgot it. <laughs> you know, the experience I, I, you know, I remembered I woke up with a severe high temperature and I also stuttered profusely. I couldn't keep and, and it lasted for about six months. I couldn't speak. So it, it had rattled my world. And, uh, they, um, and then I, you know, that was the first and, and that, the, the, uh, the abductions kept on occurring until I was about 10 years old, primarily out in the desert. And then actually even in the city, um, you know, where we, where you'd have lapse time where, you know, people would, uh, literally come up missing, you know, I come up missing and what have you. So, so that was a whole history of it. The, the, towards the end, um, I, I stopped letting them, uh, you know, I, I refused to be abducted. In fact, I was on a swing set one time and they, and telepathically it was very, it was a gray day. I couldn't see the ship and they kept on saying, uh, yeah, come with us, come with us. And I go, no, I'm not coming this time. And so they started to pull my swing all the way up, you know, and so my feet were actually flying in the air and my hands literally got blood hanging on. And I said, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not mm -hmm. going. And then it came right back down. And that was the last time I was ever physically abducted by. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was it. So I, so I did refuse. But before that, I'd have missing time. Uh, this also, too, ran in parallel with my cousins and brothers and sisters. Uh, there was a whole cluster of, 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 uh, of these kind of abductions. Uh, some were more mischievous than others. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but for the most part, no one died. Um, my, my, uh, my cousins, psychologically, they ended up, uh, I had one cousin actually ended up killing himself because he couldn't handle all the uh, you, you know, sensations and all this stuff. He was just one gigantic uh, vortex of... Uh, uh, you know the stuff, and he eventually just couldn't handle anymore. So he he left the earth. So I was really sad. That, that was my uncle's. Uh, um, that was my uncle's uh, grandson, Sean. And so, but yeah, um, but his went on. His never stopped. So yeah, mm -hmm. his abductions never stopped. So yeah. You talked about um, being a young man, um, praying, ask, talking to God, and say, "If you're real, show me that you're real." Um, you hear a voice in your inner ear, scares the mess out of you. Um, there's a, there, there, I think there's a connection there because I have, you know, similar story um, of, of trying to, to, to find out if God is real. And if for some reason, um, these ET beings are kind of connected, there's spaceships, there's ships that are in the night sky, that are in the day sky, that communicate with you telepathically, that sound just like you were describing that voice that you heard as a kid when you're looking up to the sky praying. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, uh, my uncle has a description, which I, you know, it's, it's funny, I go to some of his books, uh, you know, he, he was a very prolific writer, and he was explaining that they, uh, that some of the aliens or group aliens, they use a thing called an ediphone, and that when then they watch us from a very long distance, they can see our every move, and at times, they basically will send an omni-being with a message inside of your head, and mm -hmm. that's how they, that, that's, and, and, you know, and, but when you're, when you're, uh, when you're young and what have you, you don't know the, you know, everything's pretty simple. You know, there's God, Jesus, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. You, you just think everything's coming from God, but it could have, you know, it was, uh, it was in fact a message that, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> these beings, you know, basically embrace that. So that's what started it. And that's what starts this whole physical transformation as far as that. Whenever you have communication with the super sensible world, it changes you. It changes your DNA. So, so that's kind of what happened. That was, and even and no matter how far I'd want to run away, or hide from any of this stuff. That, that's the other thing too. Is that yeah, yeah. You may <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide. And 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 uh, I used to sit. My uncle was uh, on the television. I used to sit with my buddies, and this is back in the 
you know, when I kind of uh, got a little bit older, you know, 16, 17 years old, my uncle would come on TV and talk about all this stuff on Discovery Sunday or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, amidst the, the partying and festivity, everyone would go, oh, wow, this is the coolest thing I ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just sat there. Yeah. I didn't, did not want to go into it at all with them. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, cause I was so caught up in trying to be, uh, normal, <laughs> you know, so it yeah. was, yeah. Uh, and, but normal, uh, that n- normal wasn't for me, no matter how, how hard, and, but also too, in my career, you know, I mean, listen, I ran oil and gas companies, I've, I've, I've uh, you know, done investment banking. I've been on the financial world and all that stuff, but it wasn't until I got you know older and a little bit more relaxed subject matter. And now I don't, I, I don't have to hide uh, any of this. I can basically be direct and I, and, and kind of let all this stuff go. And I, I did so with both a book and a, and a, mo- a screenplay. So, yeah. Um, talking about the different good and bad aliens or good and bad ETs or angels and demons, whatever we want to categorize them as, um, back in the, the eighties for me, but you know, even before you, you heard all of these, um, I guess the nineties too, the abduction stories where, um, people were taken aboard, aboard ships and, and done all this, this work to and experimented on and cut open and had stuff put in their bodies and a very horrific, terrifying experience, right? Um, listening to the majority of, of what I consider um, uh, ET contact cases now, we don't really hear the, the term abduction anymore. Like people were taken against their will. It's almost like there's a longing with, within people to touch the divine or to know that something out there that's you know, godlike or greater than themselves exist. And so whenever people are having contact now, they're calling themselves contactees versus I was taken against my will and things like that has. And I know some people, you know, we mentioned James Gilliland uh, talks about that. A lot of these bad uh, ETs or the bad grays are kind of phasing out. What do you feel as far as the difference between where we started with the abduction scenarios to where we are today? Well, there's there's two schools of thought, um, and and I and I and I don't know definitively. I just have an opinion. Um, you know, I think our government was involved in a lot of this stuff yeah. uh, too, and I and I think that um, I think the the uh, Grays might have been a creation of that for them gathering additional you know uh, data and, and such stuff, and that might have been a deal, uh, you know, with that Eisenhower made. Um, you know, with uh, with the grays for technology transfer. So I think that that was the given, and I, and, and so it subsided. Now, along with that, um, there there is protective, like the Nordics and some of the other, um, they're protective and they're they're the watchers, and they basically watch over and not allow us to get you know completely hammered. So there, I I did sense that um, that that feeling of of that of that goodness or divinity that was around me protecting me. Yeah. So, uh, so, but I did feel it, but, but at the same time, what I was seeing and, you know, it was just so uh, surreal and made no sense at all comparatively to my, uh, you know, you know, to my regular world is just really, uh, it's, it's a phenomenon that it's so hard to describe. Um, you know, I also, I've also had some very, very extraordinary experiences. One, one I was brought, and uh, I believe that they were the divine entity. They showed me. Uh, they they showed me how everything works. Um, as far as that, they showed. They brought me to this colorful molecular wall, and uh, you know, and I and I was very very depressed at you know 12 and 13 years old, and you know I was I was contemplating killing myself too. But 
But I was whisked off to this place and shown and said, hey, and, and they showed me a, a, a bright light. And, and he says, well, and it was way down low. And he says, this is where you're at now. He says, you, you know, he says, and then they showed me a light which was higher and a more, uh, the, the lights were radiant. He says, and this is, he says, and this is where you need to go before you leave the earth. Okay, this is where you hmm. need to be. And he says, don't, and, and I was told, don't ever think about taking your life ever because this is what your destiny is. So do not get in the way with this. So, so yeah, from that part, you know, the, the strength, I mean, there, I mean, granted, I had some bad ones, but I also had some really good ones. I also had spontaneous healings, yeah. uh, you, you know, too. So, I mean, I've had, uh, uh, you know, one time I, for some reason I, I was attacked and I had, had almost two inch boils all over my body. And I literally had, uh, had the messengers tell me to basically just get, get in a, a warm bath, turn off the light and count backwards and breathe. And so I did it. And then I had this out of body experience that went up and I went through and I saw all the panoramic universes of, and, and all the multi uh, multiverses civilizations brought through the whole thing. And, uh, and then I was at, and I kept on going through the various wormholes. And then I was asked, I said, okay, now you've gone too far. You, you have to turn back now in, in or you're going to come up here. And I said, no, I, I need to go back with my wife and my children. And I, and I was brought back immediately. Well, it, you know, one of the things that happened was all, all, there was no evidence of the boils and I had a whole bunch of them. They're all gone and I was completely cured of it. And, but the experience is it, like indelible in my brain, you know, as far mm -hmm. as that, as far as what, what it is out there in the universe and there's countless universes. So, yeah. Talking about um, that the grays may have been working with the government or that the grays may be, some people say these type of suits or, um, Robots, you hear all kind of stuff about the, 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 yeah. these theories. Um, when we're talking about the early abduction phenomenon, there's a lot of people who, like you say, um, believe it's that the government has something to do with it because they wake up on a ship or in some weird room and they look around and uh, there's these gray alien-like beings that are operating on them, messing with them, poking them, prodding them things like that. And they look over in the corner and there's a man dressed in military garb. And so there's something called the my lab abductions, military induced abductions, where for me, I definitely think it's used to, uh, to cause fear and hysteria in the community with as far as abductions. Therefore, if you see a UFO, if you see a bright light in the night sky, you won't try to signal it. You won't try to make contact with it because people are doing that. Now people are making contact with these ships and these beings that are out there. Um, and there's a fear and hysteria there, especially with the movies and stuff like that, that came out in, in that time. So talk a little bit about the my lab stuff. Do, do you have any more um, info or have you ever seen any, anybody who was, you know, a part of the government on, on these craft and things like that? Well, um, I personally have not, um, but I'm, I, you know, I will interject something, you know, back even, you know, during world war two, the Foo fighters were over the, uh, uh, over the channel and it was mm -hmm. scaring Churchill out of his mind because all these airplane pilots would come back and explain what they were seeing or seeing, you know, ships that were you know, right outside their window and, and, and actually going inside their uh, planes, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, some of the phenomenon was just going on. And so it was very confusing. So he actually had talked extensively with Roosevelt and then later Truman about about, hey, what if everyone uh, you know, knows that, the, that we're not alone here, then people will stop going to church and they'll stop paying taxes and they'll stop supporting the, the, yeah. the, the, the 
government. And that's the biggest fear because really I think if people knew their connection to this outer super sensible world, I think the whole uh, narrative would change in our lives. I think that the psychopaths that are running this uh, world, and I think, and I think they're kind of uh, either walk-ins or, 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 or bread-ins or whatever, um, it makes no sense with all the, um, you know, uh, just, just evil that's going on yeah. when, there's, when there's so much uh, that we have and that we could easily share, and everyone would be happy. Instead, we live in a world where, you know, 0.1% control everything, and um, and and all this uh, and are, and all these people are occupied with various gadgets and, and, and various stuff, and they don't get the real heart of stuff, you know, which mm-hmm. is our connection and our legacy. And this is the most important thing about it. This is our legacy. These are like family members. They're, you know, we we are connected to this whole multi multiverse, you know, and, and it's not synthetic. It's it, you know, it, it's not. Uh, you know, they're trying to introduce, uh, you know, AI, you know, technology, et cetera, et cetera, which I think are, are a remnant of the grays. You know, there's something, there's just something off, including the other, the one, the other step was the uh, men in black, which, you know, I, I, I saw, you know, you see the cartoon, you know, movies and shows, which are, you know, led to distract you. Um, and, and I, and as I'm watching that, um, I, I had a, I had a neurosurgeon whose dad worked with my uncle on time travel. And he had actually witnessed the men in black. Now, this guy, um, uh, a very, very, very renowned uh, neurosurgeon contact, he was talking to him. And, and the men in black came to his house and, and told his father, who was a scientist, who was a physicist, to stop working with George Van Tassel or that they'd come back and kill the entire family. Well, you know, that's the kind of real stuff that, that, that I've been uh, accustomed to. And they say the men in black are also uh, military agents also. You know. mm-hmm. So... Again, this is all conjecture, and I, you know, we're getting more and more stuff. But um, you know, I, I just know, you know, when I talk to people, and, and based on my own experiences and things like that, when I hear something about, you know, the labs and you know all that stuff, I, it adds credibility. To yeah. It. So anyway. definitely. Um, whenever you first came out talking about this stuff, you know, you know, I think kind of how we talked about a while ago, how people are freaked out. They don't have nobody to talk to, things like that. You kind of come from a place where it was okay to talk about this stuff and it was welcomed and even applauded, I guess, with your uncle, right? People are like, he's almost like a celebrity. So whenever you started talking about it, what, did you get any backlash? Was Were you embraced? Were you trying to piggyback off of his legacy? What, what, what type of feedback did you get? on the early days of, of just talking about this. Well, thing. I, you know, I've been talking to the old timers and of course, you know, you know, for, for a long, long time. And, and I don't even know. I'm, in fact, um, I, I, I've had a lot of very weird experiences. I had a group out of San Diego and I was living in, in uh, Utah at the time called me up and says, listen, we want to start your uncle's ministry and, and get this thing going. So they flew me out to San Diego and wanted me to restart that whole thing. And at the time, I was running mining companies, and I was in the material world. And I said, "Hey, you got the wrong guy." I said, "Hey, let me give you some money. <laughs> let me do something." I said, "I don't, I don't want to be that guy, you know, as far as that." So I've kind of had a connection, but I just kind of, when I came out, everyone started warning me. It says, "Aren't you afraid?" And yeah. I, and I go, you know what? Listen, um, you know, I'm a little bit older. My kids are raised. I said, "There's, there's, it's the time to be me, and the time to basically speak my truth." Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'm going to do everything I can via, via books, movies, whatever, um, you know, as far as that. And I, and I was a direct witness out there, um, you know, at Giant Rock. I lived out there, and I experienced all this stuff firsthand. And uh, I'm probably the only one in the whole entire family that is actually – that has taken a public uh, 
profile. And I thought about that too. A couple of things, you know, wh why me? And and then then you get into the, well, why not me? And uh, I kind of feel it's my it's kind of my job to to share my experiences and uh, and experiences of others to basically make again make people feel that they're not so odd and and make people feel comfortable. And that's uh, the biggest purpose now. Uh, also, too, we when I was writing the book and. Uh, uh, when I, which was a great experience. I was writing the book down. I had this amazing, amazing, uh, just epiphany, and and I and I says, this, this is this is by far more than a book or a movie. This is so much more important, and so just go with it wherever this takes you. And that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I'm doing. So yeah, there it is. Did you feel um, a sense of guidance while writing the book and getting those stories out and reliving them like we want you to tell this? Ooh, ooh, oh yeah, no, uh, Derek, yeah, absolutely. That was that was so. I mean, literally, you know. Now at first, now here my here here's my cowardly strategy. I'm just going to write a book about my uncle Frank Kreischer, all the all, all the big timers, et cetera, et cetera. And 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 I got down there and I was writing like you know one or two words. I mean, it was like it, it was like I had bricks on my hand as far yeah. as that. And, and I had this. I my uncle, my my uncle, he 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 sends stuff to me. And he says he says hey. He says, you write this story however you want. He says, you know, as far as that, make it, make, make it interesting, make it colorful. People can go on the Internet and figure out what they want to figure out about this. They're all going to have different meanings, but you just write it the way you want it. And, I mean, dude, I mean, the thing was just, I'm, it was like lightning. It was like, do, 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 do. So, so, then, so, then, I, so then I said, but then, then I got to say, okay, there's something missing here. And, and, and that's when I introduced a character named Chase in there. The story was, was me. What was missing in the story was me because – I'm an extension of that legacy, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and and also too. There's other parts like I have a, a, a an assistant producer that I work with. Um, him, the, him and six of their friends, they had an abduction experience out there in 2003. So I had to get that in there too. So you know, so kind of make it all contemporary. Uh, it, you know, it's 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 a, either a trilogy or probably a two-season Netflix, uh, uh, you know, equivalent. But uh, yeah, we'll see. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, bro. Um, so in, in the end of, of, of everything, I say the end because I know your story is still unfolding now. And it's, it's still as, as long as you're an open conduit and you've already put the book out and you're working on the movie like, you know, there's 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 definitely more to come, especially when you're open to receive and they've been working with you. Um, but at, at at this point, though, looking back at everything, was it? A good experience or was it bad as far as the abductions and the contact i know it's kind of a mixed a mi mixed experiences would you welcome it was it good or is it bad would you not wish this on anyone or or what i mean what's the uh, uh the, bottom uh, line the, uh, yeah, the uh, feeling uh, when you look back what's right, the feeling right. all the all the above actually it's all the above yeah, I've, I've got kind of worked with all this but yeah but but today uh first of all if you know um i wouldn't be me i wouldn't be who i am Mm -hmm. And I have, and I happen to like me, you know, as far as that. And I've survived a lot of stuff, you know, as far as that sort of thing. And 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 those experiences made me stronger, you know. Um, granted, it was a really a, a difficult situation on a lot of things, but they made me stronger. It made me a better person. They advanced my intellect. They, I, I mean, the stuff that the gifts that I got along with it, you know, it's like everything. There's this good, you know, there's good and bad with that whole thing, and, you know, like in information and knowledge. You know, unless you're unless you can adapt to it and 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 make use of it, um, it can be dangerous. You know, yeah. as far as that. 
but fortunately, I've kind of had a, uh, I've kind of had a guiding hand from from the people that have passed on, and there's a whole group of people, and they're in the thousands that want to get want to want to see this this thing done, and they're still pushing, you know, to to get it done, and and there are also forces out there pushing this not to get done too. There, incidentally, it's not. I mean, there, you know, there's a, you can tell. I mean, there's, there is a whole thing. People are scared of this uh, information just like they're scared of everyone's individual stories. People don't want to hear this, you know, but, I, you know, it, it, they're going to hear it. And, it, you know, and it's growing and growing. In fact, the, the amazing thing about it is when I started this thing, which is really, uh, you know, I copyrighted the book in 2012, when I started to write it, 2012, I mean, it, there was this, all this explosion of all of this, you know, uh, yeah. and all this stuff. So yeah. I guess it was the right time for me to come yeah. out. It's kind of like, I also kind of equate it to kind of like being gay or, 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 or that. Yeah. You kind of come out of the closet. Here yeah. I am. You know? yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, definitely. Um, those, um, er, those early years, whenever you first started talking about it, did you um, – I mean, I, I know you said you were, you was accepted, you were you was embraced, but you felt like you were led by that that higher that, that that higher power. Would you equate it to the same thing as the God voice early on, or or do they you have to discern the the two voices and kind of you know kind, kind of figure out what's trying to contact you, what kind of voices are speaking to you in your inner ear? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I do, you know, it's like, you know, you know, who, who's there, you know, you know, who, who, who's saying this, you know, and you're, and you're always, Hey, listen, I always am questioning my, my old, I'm always questioning myself. So well, where mm-hmm. am I getting that from, et cetera, et cetera. But what I've done is um, over the years of uh, kind of, um, I won't say, I, I won't say anything in, in the terms of mastering it, but what I've done is I've accepted it. And so I, and I said, okay, li- and listen, and, and listen. And, and one thing I've become in my in in my life um is a good listener and so i think that's part of the whole thing where i listen to what you know what's being told here now i also too i um you know i've i've also had uh you know when you when you get off the 3d world or or the little mice trap you know um like for instance i uh in, you know i started a renewable energy college in um in, in the uh in the midwest um and this was uh, and, and and eventually spent a lot of money became a, and it was an economic failure, but, you know, I had that whole thing unfolded to me and, uh, you know, as far as what it is, it's just, well, you know, yeah, it, it may not be a success, but it doesn't matter. It says you need to be doing this. You need to be learning about all this other stuff. So it was a wealth of information. And I, and I knew, I said, okay, I knew I'm kind of out there, but I did it anyways. Yeah. So, and, and that's because I was listening to the spirit. I was listening mm-hmm. to the, whatever that was versus, yeah. oh, you know, Jesus, I mean, how, how much cash am I going to make on this? Thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And eventually, end up get, I eventually get bought it. I eventually got bought out by these uh, Mossback people out there. That mm-hmm. you know, as far as that, but uh, and and it turned out okay. But but again, I I keep on I was asking, well, why why should I be doing this if I'm not going to make a pile of money in this? It doesn't. He says, don't think about that. <laughs> Just yeah. do what you need, do what we're telling you. And so I did. So yeah. Anyways, uh, but yeah, and, and it was for me. It was for me to get a background in, in renewables, and and uh, you know I ran into a lot of interesting people. So it was part of my progression. You know, so it, that's what you deal with. You know. So. Whenever um, you're talking about having the spiritual gifts and ability, psychic abilities and things like that, that increase w- with contact, um, which there's so much to go in, in, into on that. But um, I guess one of them that comes along that kind of fits in what we're talking about is the gift of discernment to kind of be able to, to discern 
when something's about to happen, if something's good or bad, you can discern it. You get a feeling off of off of a voice or a vibration or even a group of people to walk into a group of people, be able to tell the intentions and things like that. So I think discernment is key and it's a, it's a spiritual ability that, that we have to hone in and, and, and use and develop. But with that being said, with the discernment, and I know you don't want to really call any names and I wouldn't expect you to, especially because you're trying to, you know, make connections and you have a product that you need to market and things like that. But in the UFO community, um, is there people that you listen to their story, even some of the, the, you know, the big names out there, when you hear them tell their story, you just kind of pick up on something like, you know, they're not telling all the truth. They're kind of making it up as they go. There are some people, I, I, you know, who you pick up on and, and their names kind of push a red button for many people in ufology. Do, do you pick up on any of that as, at all? I do. Um, and I've got a real problem with a lot of the i I guess they're uh experts (laughs) messiahs um, whatever you know and it seems like they want to uh uh, elevate themselves and and kind of uh lower everyone else and and i was asked to do a panel with um, a guy who's done some movies and i'm not going to mention any names and 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 another guy that's on a lecture circuit and all that and i and and, uh the producer out of hollywood says well you know that'll help your book i said you know i just don't trust those guys i said and, and I and I don't want my message to get because my my message is from the heart and it's just what it is and such such. But I do have this sense about some of these um, it, it's somewhat exploitive and I don't know what um, their motive is. It just doesn't feel right. So I kind of I kind of fade them and shy away from from that stuff and since essentially just do my own thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. There's a bunch of those those people out there, and but see, there I think they're in any niche, any any arena, where you get people in there and they kind of learn how to do it. They kind of learn the the key the keywords. They you know what what pops, what um is almost clickbait as well. There's a lot of that right now. Whatever's hot at the time, they've got something to say on it. You know. Well, actually, my uncle, most of the techniques, especially the channeling and things like that, my uncle, it was him and Frank Kreitzer that developed it, and, and, and actually down to the same words, and I hear the same story of my uncle uh, through these other people <laughs> without giving him credit, and, I, and so, yeah. you know, and so uh, that's another two, that's another thing, too, is, is uh, you know, these people, uh, they sacrificed everything. I mean, they were the real McCoys as far as out in the middle of <laughs> the middle of desert, you know, in their lives during the time where they really got the hammer for coming out. And I and, and that's been a, another driving force behind me wanting to, to especially do the movie because they should be acknowledged because, you know, they literally were um, light years ahead of everyone. And they were like getting pounded in the ground for coming out and, and, and mentioning it, which I think is, which is so typical of, of this, uh, you know, linear world that we live in. Anything that's uh, of extreme value seems to get, you know, shouted out or booed out really quick. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, um, if, if you go on the Internet, you can li- listen to some of my uncle's interviews, um, George Van Tassel, that he had done. And one thing, I mean, you know, some people try to make a, 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 you know, kind of a joke out of it and et cetera, et cetera, what he's trying, trying to make him look like the clown and all that stuff. But, you know, he just stood his ground. And I, I love that. And he didn't get upset or anything like that. He just had his message. And it was just so profound. And, and just as a matter of fact, that, um, that, you know, that kind of honesty, brutal honesty, I just I just love. And so, so I, you know, yeah. you know, granted, um, you know, it wasn't uh, in the 70s. And in the 80s, it was not hip to be uh, anything involved with UFOs. <laughs> you know, 
So uh, anyways, uh, um, but, uh, I, but I've always shared my stories with friends and uh, shared my stories with other um, abductees. I've, you know, I've never, I've never hid that part. I just didn't come out to uh, the public until, you know, a few years ago. And uh, I, and I don't care. I've had a lot of good times with some people, uh, you know, uh, with some various radio shows and, and, and uh, you know, I think, Hey, skeptic, skeptics are absolutely welcome. Yeah. I mean, they really are. You know, I've, yeah. I, yeah. That's the yeah. So I mean, that's the whole weird thing with the skeptics, and it's hard for me to even go down that route with them anymore because I think you know they haven't had the encounters that you've had. I think once you've had an experience, um, exactly that there that kind of does it. So there's like you know they say that you can't recreate the, the encounters or you can't recreate the experiences. I think if somebody wants to, I think they're I think they're kind of honing in on. on on you know what I'm saying how to make contact yourself now like you said with the channelings or like these prayers and meditation to actually make contact with these with these beings or with these you know angels whatever you want to call them but it's being done now and people can actually do it so I think it's one of the things that if you want to know the truth as far as even being a skeptic or an atheist for that matter if you want to know the truth the truth is really out there and you can have an encounter right <laughs> yeah and that's what happens that's why i, I said and that's uh, what i always tell people says well how you know um well you know you're only one encounter away from knowing what i know yeah i said you know and and so you know and and it it's either going to happen or it's not you know as far as that there are things you can do but i was on uh i was on uh, uh m&m's uh show with uh and uh, 50 cent show and, and one of the one of the announcers he was he was playing with me and he goes he goes i he goes i want to he goes i want to uh you know see a ufo how do you do it and i said well you just go out the desert i said you know and, and you, you know you get on one leg and you and you sing and pray and uh, until one comes by <laughs> and then he goes he goes he goes, well, what if that doesn't work? I said, well, you change legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but it, again, it was kind of the gotcha, you know, and I've heard all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, one, one was, uh, oh, you know, E.T.'s prejudice against black people. And I said, well, you know, you know, B Betty Hill, I said, you know, yeah. you know, there, there's been so many encounters. I said, it doesn't really matter um, as far as that. But, but anyways, you just kind of. What I do, because um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not doing my own, sh I'm not doing my own radio show and all that stuff. I just kind of just go with the flow and, and let people, you know. But then what happens is I think we, we, we put a seed in there, okay, and, and yeah. they, they heard one side, okay, and, that, mm -hmm. and, and that's, all, that's all that need, need to happen is to have the seed implanted in your brain, and then the next thing will happen, you're a little bit more open to having one, you know. So. Yep. With the uh, success of the book and then trying to make it into a film, obviously, when you go from book to film, there's way much more details. There's way many more stories that you couldn't really add to a film, per se. But maybe like you kind of mentioned, a series, you can kind of get more of that. Are you leaning to, you know, more towards the, the, uh, the film being more of a pilot to kind of launch a series behind it? Because there's just so much um, information and stuff that kind of comes with it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, until the whole Netflix phenomenon, I, I wasn't really uh, keen on the idea. My whole yeah. goal was to do a feature film, then, you know, maybe do a sequel and then do, a, you know, do a, do a treat, in which, which I'm still open to. It can go either way. But then Netflix comes out and, and all this other, the streaming stuff, I think, okay, I've got enough stuff for at least 16 episodes right now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it's, already, it's already done. And, uh, and, and there's actually, there's, there's a ton more that can come as far as that. But, you know, um, 
the, the whole movie world, um, which I'm kind of in, kind of out, I'm, I'm an outsider still, and I'm not buddies with Steven Spielberg or, or, or anybody. Incidentally, my uncle was the uh, creative consultant for Close Encounters of the Third Kind, so he, he actually was in on that too. But, but I'm, not, I'm not really friends with all the big money and all that. So I'm just kind of like a little fish trying to, you know, maneuver all this stuff and, and you know, present it. Say, hey, listen, would this be a good idea? And then I go and then I look at Netflix and I'm like everyone else. I spend an hour and a half looking for something to watch. And I think and I think this would fit and be of interest to a lot of people, you know. So um, I, I yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's kind yeah, it's kind of weird because um, you got some that just kind of hit or miss, but the ones that are good are really good. And yeah. and they and they can kind of go down as being classics. I mean, there's tons of classic um ufo and alien um um films and movies out there now what are some of your favorite from the early years some of the movies out there that just kind of when you watch the movie it's like it just became all too real and it just kind of goes down as a i think i think there's probably two different categories though your favorite versus the ones that are real right 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 right. my my all-time favorite was was close encounters of third kind i just yeah i I loved how they did it because that's actually in the in the timing the setting as far as my experiences yeah there was that but i've you know um i i've uh there's been some great like contact i thought that opened up the whole interesting you know with jody foster um, you know, Fire in the Sky, which yeah. I, I went to the premiere. I thought that was oh, wow. good. Yeah. yeah. So that, I thought that was pretty good. Um, you know, some of the early 50s uh, were way advanced. In fact, some of the segments like on Twilight Zones and, and – Yeah, uh, oh, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of really neat uh, television that was actually yeah. – um, and, but, yeah, it, it's, it's funny. I would think a lot more um, – it, it kind of goes in, um, you know uh, – I, I, it ebbs and flows as far as that whole thing, but but what they did, they brought back X Files, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. They, they they the the thing went it went off, then it went to a movie. Now they brought it back into a series, so mm-hmm. it, that's that's uh, that's that's interesting, you know. But um, the numbers of people that believe in um, extraterrestrials or life on other planets it's grown exponentially it's 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 a lot more. It used to be we were in such a minority. Now it's that would slip in the other way. So. Um, hopefully, you know, ho- you know, hopefully somebody will pick us up and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be able to do it. Um, I've had, I've had a couple of close encounters with, with deals, uh, where I've actually had to pass because, uh, m- most of them, uh, coincide with, with my, uh, um, uh, you know, with me not being involved with it, with the production of it, which will not, will never happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, um, we, we've definitely seen that in the past yeah. and now some people who are in the circuit trying to undo that whole work that was done when their when their story was turned into a film. Now they're out there just trying to undo all the work that was done with the fear and hysteria uh, um, aspects of it. And uh, but yeah, there's a lot of people who have the integrity who, who kind of walk in. They're just okay. We just need the story. We don't need jump scares. We don't need this kind of stuff. We need to make sure that the story's told in in, in its light versus what sells or like the horror genre is kind of the thing people try to go to. But um, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people who have been approached with their story to kind of to, to sell it and they won't because they, they can't be involved with it. So I think you're doing the right thing as far as wanting to keep it, keep, keep, keep the whole um, well, there, there's integrity a, there's, part. Yeah, there, there's a carrot in there, too. I mean, what they want to do is, is they'll put the carrot. Well, he'll, we'll option off. Well, the other thing, too, is what and I've learned a lot. One thing I've learned a lot. I'm really glad I didn't actually produce it 
the first year I was out because I had to get a lot of information based. Like what, what, what the studios can do if they have a competing uh, uh, product coming out, they'll option your stuff up for 50 grand for five years. And meanwhile, they're letting all their, you know, their, their shows that are near and dear to them get out there. So that's a game you have to, you have to watch everything. Now, uh, the smaller creator and producer is really getting a lot better, um, a lot better chance um, simply because of some of the lawsuits, because what they used to do is they used to take your story or, or make an assimilation of your story yeah. would be almost yours. And, uh, and then tell you, you know, um, but the, the Disney, they've lost hundred million dollar lawsuits. Uh, Warner brothers has. Um, so it, it's things have changed, but again, to get the, you know, get some of the right people with the right cash to say, Hey, listen, this will, this has some sort of commercial or monetary yeah. possibility. It, it, it's a big stretch. It still is a big stretch. You know, you always see that happen, man. Whenever there's a big release about to come out, I remember just going through the video stores was the worst before the big film would come out. You would see all these other films that were knockoffs and just thrown together really quick. And the, and you know, that story was, uh, you know, that, that I guess everybody was, um, anticipating was was just changed and and people would watch these knockoffs thinking that the the uh the uh, big release was was already out have you right. noticed that like a, just tons of it i mean it still happens now but we they don't do get it. the experience yeah. to kind of walk through the the video store but they'll put them on netflix you'll see it you'll think it's the real the real movie and and like one word will be changed and the cover looks exactly the same and all of that that's weird right it, well, it is, and I've I've seen that, and then they they you know they they seem to well Netflix they're content providers. I mean you know and 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 like I said earlier, I guess the average person it takes them a half hour to forty five minutes to find something they want to watch oh. on Netflix. <laughs> I'm bad. So, I'm a bad uh, about that. Yeah. So so yeah. So um, but what they do is they're always under pressure to to provide content, and even and so some of the stuff that they put five stars up there, which is the other nonsensical lie. Yeah. On Netflix, it, you get up there and think, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. You know, so, but yeah, no, I, I'm, no, I, I've kind of, uh, you know, I'm here for the long haul, and I, you know, I'm definitely gonna be thoughtful. I've got legacy issues with this whole thing. I, in fact, I tell you, I, you know, I lost a deal, and this is, I lost a deal, uh, and really, we had, a, we were actually kind of getting into pretty close production. We had actually department heads set up, um, a couple of producers from Warner Brothers um, that, uh, you know, took a keen interest in. He had a dream. And uh, the, one of the things I knew I was in trouble, and, and, and he said, well, I got to change this part of the script. And I go, well, what part do you want to change? He says, well, he says, I, want your, I want your aunt and uncle to have a fight at the restaurant. And I want your aunt to get in a car and drive away mad. And then I want you to get your uncle in a plane and run her off the road. And I, and I, and I, you know, I, was gonna, I, was gonna, I go, you know, that, 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 they wouldn't do that. That's an embarrassment. I, you know, yeah. and I, and I, I use another expletive and oh God, did that cause a ruckus anyway. So they, they, uh, then they, then they all said, and this is when it got really weird. And I thought, you know, this was strange. They all said, well, we're going to have a meeting on next Thursday in Hollywood and we're going to get you, uh, you know, we're going to get you straightened out or, or we're not going to proceed. And I, and I thought for a minute and I go, well, let's not proceed right now, <laughs> you know, and, and that was the wrong answer. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 uh, they it, it really became, the, that's when the walk-in started to come up. So we kind of, I lost that and I was just so happy to be away from these people that, um, the other thing too, is he wanted to bring his next door neighbor was, um, uh, you know, Seinfeld. He wanted to get a, 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 a part for, for uh, Seinfeld. 
which, you know, uh, uh, Kramer. And yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, and, and I said, Oh God, this is, this is, this is where it's all, this is where it's all starting. You know, this, this is, this is it, you know? I mean, and, and, and I, and I said, well, I can't see him in that. I, I can't, I said, he's had problems anyways. I just can't see him. Yeah. And, but that this is the part of the whole uh, thing. And you talk about power of discernment. It's like, you know, then you think, Oh, it's like, Oh God. I mean, it's like, you know, this is what's going on here. And so anyways, it took me about six months to get unraveled with those birds and, yeah, but but this is just a, a snapshot as far as why you got to maintain your not only your integrity, your independence, and at least have a say. And that whole creative control, for me, it is worth gazillions, trillions of dollars, so I can make, so I can shepherd in. Now, I'm not not um, I'm not saying that I'm uh, you know not open to some really great ideas, but I just want to have the final say, so I don't embarrass anybody, including myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. So, uh, but that's. But once you sell your screenplay without any kind of creative control, it's over. You're 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 done. You're sitting back as a spectator. So that's that's another problem as far as why um, uh, we haven't got the movie done so far. I, I had a Chinese group said, "Yeah, I'm going to pay you half a million dollars for the screenplay, but um, we want to do it in Shanghai, and we want, and we don't want you involved <laughs> in it." And I go, well, I, and, and I go, well, well, who's your director? He says, "Well, we don't want to tell you." And I go, well, I, you know, and so I go, well, how can I determine how this will go? And he says, well, you're not. You'll just take the money. And, and but but it was interesting, though, to talk to I, what was very interesting about the conversation. One of the guys who finally who spoke English, I go, why would you be interested in a movie, you know, about UFOs out in the middle of the desert out in California? And he just smiled. He says, people love Western Americana. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and which which there is a market for this There's a market all over the world for this kind of movie with a heart you know so i i i do not so so hey you know if it i hope it happens i hope it happens soon it'd, it'd be great but uh, definitely what, whenever you know whenever yeah you know? mm-hmm. so. well well the the uh book has had a lot of se- uh, success and anybody who's interested in picking up the book it's available on amazon uh we have the the, the different websites where the the uh the book and the um movie is for sale or or, or the info for the movie as well. If you want to give those links out. Yeah. And yeah, we've got the, uh, we got the trailers, which, you know, trailer, a, yeah. 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 com. You can go there and look at the trailer or you can go, you know, anywhere, any, anywhere on Google, you just type in Chad C. Meek or, or, or uh, giant rock, the movie. Um, and of course it's on Amazon. It's in hard, hard book and people can read the book. Um, I've been told it's a very quick read. People really have enjoyed, I've got some really great feedback on the book. So I, yeah, I, I've, I, I'm still uh, I, I'm still excited for people to hear their responses after they read it because a lot of people the, the comments I get is well I experienced that and I experienced that and I yeah. thought I thought oh well, cool that that's that's what it's supposed to do yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah good stuff brother man thanks for coming on hanging on uh, hanging out with me sharing your story and uh, we got to do it again brother especially when the the film comes out or whatever we're gonna do with that definitely have you back on absolutely Derek it's been my pleasure being with All you man. Right. All right, brother. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Right, shalom. Peace. Bye-bye. Chad Meeks, ladies and gentlemen. Giant Rock, the greatest UFO story never told. Good stuff. Um, shout out to everybody holding us down in the chat room. We've just been doing these makeshift uh, shows, not even telling people that we're, we're going live. I don't know if I should schedule these more just um, so people can can plan on joining or we just do them spur of the moment because I really try to promote it on the 
um, podcast to end as well, the iTunes and all that stuff. But for everybody who is watching on um, YouTube when we go live, you guys can see now at the bottom we have the um, Patreon feed. So scrolling across the bottom is everybody who has uh, been supporting and partnered with my work on Patreon. So that's there at the bottom. I thought that was a cool touch. I'm going to uh, continue adding people there as they uh, partner with us. And also um, when my album comes out, we're going to um, put the thank yous. We'll have everybody's name in the thank you section as well, because you guys are helping me fund the work that uh, I'm, I'm doing there with, with the music and uh, f- funding that whole project. So more new music to come very soon. And if you want to partner with me, you can head on over to patreon.com backslash truth and sign up for any level of giving. Um, any level is fine. All of it is appreciative, whether it's a dollar, $5, $10, 25. And there's different levels of giving. There's different rewards and things that you can get by supporting as well. Some really cool t-shirts that I just sent out last week that people are starting to get now starting to get a bunch of pictures with people wearing their new t-shirts that we designed for the $25 um, patron level. So just acknowledging everybody in the chat room, be easy, Keyblades, which is Michael Basham, Christy, how you doing? Uh, Jared, uh, Canal, Hunter, what's up, Hunter Fuse? Uh, Canal says, please bring David Icke to the show. I would love to get an interview with David Icke. I was supposed to, I was talking to his son. His son is Gareth Icke, and he was supposed to set that up for me because he runs their website. And I did, um, buy some ad space with them a couple months back. He was supposed to get that set up for me or at least pass the information along. That'd be awesome to get. Um, haven't, haven't had a chance to do that yet, but hopefully soon. Um, Carl Rawson, what's up, my brother? He's watching live too. So yeah, if you're listening to this on the iTunes in, subscribe to the YouTube channel to uh, be notified whenever we go live so you guys can join as well. We got the chat rooms open and we also have the phone lines open as well. So we have the ability to take callers if anybody wanted to call in and say hello. Um, would love to get David Icke on. It's awesome. Yeah, some of the, the, the stuff I asked him about, um, some of the names of the people who um, that they thought were making it up. Because there's a lot of disinfo in all of this stuff. In all of it. And I can name you names in every arena that I'm affiliated with or was affiliated with. As far as the religious circles, you know, some of those people who are making it up as they go along. Um, Some of the people who are in ufology, who are just kind of there leeching off of the niche, um, the spiritual movements, all of it. You're always going to have the good and the bad that goes along with it all. Like we were talking about the gift of discernment. Uh, I think it's uh, perfect time to harness in on your gift of discernment to understand who's telling the truth and who isn't, who's just making it up, whose story isn't consistent, right? Um, big shout out to uh, Michael Basham for helping me get on the Fringe Radio Network. I'm now partnered with those brothers over there, uh, him and Johnny Iron with the Iron Show. And um, most of the people who cover these fringe topics that we talk about here from a Christian perspective, they're, they're all on the fringe radio network.com. Uh, you guys can go there and, and, and subscribe to the, all the podcasts that they have over there. I think, I think, uh, Lynn Marzulli has some stuff over there. Keyblades definitely check out, uh, 
Michael Basham show, um, Spirit Wars, which is awesome and amazing. He I think he's going live every day, which is uh, a commitment. <laughs> so uh, shout out to him. And we get a lot of uh, good feedback from the shows with Michael Basham. So I'll probably have him back on and do some, some more roundtable discussion as well. So, yeah, head on over to um, uh, the Fringe, FringeRadioNetwork.com. They're picking me up and promoting my stuff over there. And uh, it's one big happy family. A lot of cool shows over there. Also, uh, if you guys want to support, but a lot of people can't support uh, support financially. Some people aren't working. Some people, uh, you know, just just barely getting by, paying bills. Totally understand it. You want to support my my channel. You want to support my work, but can't do it financially. First of all, sharing totally helps everything. Like just sharing the podcast, sharing the video, sharing the music, everything that I'm doing. Share it on social media helps hundred percent. I see a lot of it. I do see a lot of it. Um, we get tons of messages in, in the inbox of people whose lives have been impacted by just simply, you know, coming on here, going live and just keeping it real. Um, not hiding anything, talking about these feelings, these emotions, these questions and things that we all have being open with it and not hiding anything. So many people's lives are being changed. I don't even know how, but I know, uh, God knows what he's doing. He's definitely using this platform. So you want to partner with us, man, definitely do that. Another way that you can support is by going to audibletrial.com backslash truth seeker. The link is in the description as well. Audibletrial.com backslash truth seeker. If you go there, you can sign up for a free audible account. And so you get a free audiobook download and um, they don't charge you anything. You get one free download. So you can go over there and sign up. You have to use a credit card, but once you sign up, you get your free book and you can cancel your account. Sign up, get your free book, cancel your account. That's all you do. You will never be charged. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash truthseeker if you want to support that way as well. And they uh, are affiliates and they have a great commission. So for you guys going over to do that, it really helps. That's why I'm saying it. Go to audibletrial.com backslash truthseeker. And you don't know what books to get. You're not really interested check out The Final Quest by Rick Joyner. The Final Quest by Rick Joyner. Um, that's an, an amazing book. It shows a great picture of the spirit realm um, from a Christian perspective. It's a revelation that he had while on sabbatical in the mountains. And these pictures that he uh, he's seen in these visions, man, you're talking about making something into a movie. That would be amazing. He's uh, visions of these different demonic armies who are fighting against angels and warring over the souls of men and i know one one seems it seems graphic but he talks about seeing people demonically oppressed and uh demons flying over um uh, humans and demons riding on the backs of humans controlling them and oppressing them and he just it's it almost sounds like something out of um uh, the Lord of the Rings, but uh, from a Christian perspective and how the the uh, battle that's being fought in, in the spiritual realms, you could download that book. I'm telling you, that's like a must that right. This that book will take your spiritual walk to the to the next level as far as being able to see uh, in the spirit and how things operate. And I definitely vouch for that one. Another book that I promote definitely is The Alchemist by Paulio Coelho. That book changed my life. It's changing many people's lives who read it. Uh, my friend Drew Gower just lost over 200 pounds. I say just lost. Uh, he's, it's been a journey for him. But uh, that book lit a fire within his heart to pursue his dreams. And, and the person in his dreams wasn't 400 pounds anymore. 
So um, that that book itself is a, a magical book that has a lot of allegory and metaphors about our life. And the book is essentially about us when we read it. Much like the Bible, it's not telling the story of these other people, but it's telling our story. And um, powerful book, The Alchemist by Paulio Coelho. If you're stuck, you feel stagnant, you got dreams that you want to achieve, something that you want to be doing um, full time, trust me, read The Alchemist and you can get it for free by going to audibletrial.com backslash truth seeker. Check it out. I love each and every one of you guys. I'll be live again tomorrow. I got another show coming on. Uh, Adam Starseed Bay says, what's up, brother? We'll have to watch this later. Uh, Kyle Wizard says, the alchemist, exclamation point. Yeah. Um, make sure y'all go watch the episode that I, or listen to whatever you prefer, the episode that I did with Adam Starseed Bay. He's a, he's a longtime supporter now, and we had him on the show. Amazing episode. A lot of, a lot of good wisdom in there. And one of the parts that we talked about channeling, and so even today we talked about channeling a little bit. Um, as far as being a skeptic, I'm, I'm a skeptic of some of the channeling stuff. And if you go back and listen to that episode, and I may make a snippet of it as well, but go back and listen to the episode I did with Adam Starseed Bay, and there you'll hear me talk about my skepticism about channeling. And I think, I think it was in a good light, though, not in a, um, um, uh, you know, pointing fingers and accusing people, but in a good light of what channeling really is. Um, and this is just something I'm bringing to the table, and I want to do a, a deeper study and breakdown on it. So make sure you listen to that episode. And so, yeah, Kyle, I love you too, brother. Shout out. Shalom. With that, I'm going to say peace and shalom. We'll holler at y'all later. Peace, peace. Goodbye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.